guys, welcome to Foster Change, where we talk about all things life, parenting, and child welfare related. Today I have with me two awesome dads, and we're going to talk about foster dadding. <laughs> yep, we are. Foster dadding. All right, so do you guys want to jump in and, you know, introduce yourself, share a little bit about your connection to the foster care system, that, that bit of your journey? Yep, so I'll start. I'm Justin. Uh, I'm married to Lauren, and our foster journey you know, started three years before it actually started. So I dragged my feet for three years into this journey. Um, that was a big part of it is how we overcame that. And then, you know, our journey ended getting one child, a second one a few months later uh, as foster children, and we eventually adopted them. So now we're a family of seven uh, with five kids. Yeah, my name is Josh. You'll find out that our families are very connected. Um, but my wife, Andrea and I really had a dream in our heart when we were dating and actually were talking about foster care to one day be foster parents. And so we waited for a long time um, and eventually bought our first house and decided like, okay, this is, this is the time where we're going to um, start that foster care journey. So we got licensed and what we thought was just going to be us being foster parents uh, actually turned into an opportunity for permanency. So fostering to adopt and we have two biological kids and two um, adopted kids now. Um, so we're a family of six and it's just been really, really cool being being a person of faith. Like I've just seen God's faithfulness in his hand all over this situation. Um, you know, there were a lot of obstacles. I'm sure you guys remember that. Yeah. Um, I remember y'all's journey and just being there and watching it going, oh my gosh, this is this is really, really amazing. And, and I think that's some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today is, is just maybe some of those insecurities and like those questions that you have about like, can I really do this? Right. And I, I personally think because of some priorities that my wife and I really stood on, mm -hmm. that helped us be able to make really firm decisions and how we did things uh, going. We, we say a lot, like we go back to our why all the time. Yeah. Like, why do we do this? And I know you've encouraged us in that. Um, just, Hey, yeah. always go back to your why. And so I think that's some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. That's a little bit of our, our journey. Yeah. So, so I, I know you touched on it. You got a house, you established some roots. Mm -hmm. Um, at, how did you know that this was something that you were ready to do? Like at what point did you say, all right, I know you were reluctant. You already <laughs> mentioned that. Um, I was there. I lived through it. Um, what at what what did I do or say or not do or not say um, or what was it that pushed you over the edge to say, all right, we're we're gonna do this. So the the kind of final thing was we had a belief that we should help kids, um, and there was kids in our local community that needed help, and that was like the thing that pushed me personally over the edge. I mean, there was a lot of things setting it up like, is our family stable? Is our situation stable? Do we have all these boxes checked off? But at the end of the day, it was, there's kids in our own backyard that, that needed help. That's what pushed me over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I think for us is, is similar, um, definitely similar. But I think the priority for, for us, um, me, me and my wife has always been like, hey, are, are we good? Uh, I think if your marriage is good, you're able to tackle a lot more things. And so yeah. we had, I mean, we had eight years to really work on ourselves. And um, we've been through some challenges in our marriage. Like I've been through some personal challenges. Like I've dealt with like anxiety and depression and had to really make sure that like, um, that I was healed from that. And, and it's not that something 
that I don't still deal with, but I'm very aware of, right. of, of how that affects a family. Um, it affected my family. My wife was, was super gracious in that, in that period. But once we really, it was once we planted roots and what yeah. I mean by planted roots is like our marriage was solid. You know, yeah. our marriage had a lot of roots, a lot of things that we could always go back to our why in our marriage. Um, but for us buying, buying a house here in South Florida was, was a big milestone for us. And it made me feel like as the provider, I am now, um, not necessarily, cause I don't think you're ever ready, right? Like no, you're not actually no. ever ready. No, um, no never. And so, but it made me feel like, okay, I can give uh, a child a safe place where they're confident. Yeah. Um, and, and for us, it really was about like, kids need help. Like, uh, yeah. I, I remember we recorded our biological daughter um, reading this book and it just said, kids are important, kids need to be safe. And actually hearing her say that was yeah. so powerful. And we actually prepared, we had talked with our kids for a couple years about, hey, this is something that like we really want to do as a family. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. And to hear their perspective and to hear them ask questions and like give them space to just process before we had ever even started yeah. like licensing classes and, and all that was, was really, really cool. Yeah. So I think Andrea and I were ready. Um, we, were, we were planted somewhere. And, and we had had enough conversations with our kids to go, hey, this is going to be challenging. Like, don't don't think that you're just getting, you know, a brother or a sister, in a, or in our case, a brother and a sister, yeah. and it's just going to be the super easy thing. It wasn't that way at all. No, um, it never is. But for them, they were ready. They knew um, a lot of the things that uh, we wanted them to know about foster care. And we, we, and we almost, like, in educating ourselves, we, we were able to educate them in a healthy way. And so I think that's kind of why we felt like, okay, we're, we're ready. Like we can yeah. do this. We're, we're not, we're going to be figuring it out along the way. But at the end of the day, like it was just us walking in obedience. We knew this is something yeah. that we were called to. And so we felt like that was a good starting point and, and it was a pretty incredible journey. Yeah. So, so now, uh, now you're parenting, now you're dadding, foster dadding, yeah. adoptive dadding, yeah. all the dadding is happening. What is your, what is something that you would, you would say you found joy in, in the journey? Cause the journey we know can be challenging. Once you start the journey, there is, it can be overwhelming. Um, yeah. so you got your yes, you jump in and you're going to do it. How, how did you feel at the, at the onset of the journey? And then what did you, what brought you joy in the journey? Cause I, I think it's important to kind of focus on those moments that bring you mm -hmm. joy. So I think just getting to saying yes, was a relief. I think there's all this worry about making the decision. Is it the right decision? Then once you say yes and you commit, just that is a relief. Yeah. And then, you know, you're, once you say yes, you get a whole new set of worries. You're like, I'm going to hit this kid or kids that I don't know. How are they going to fit in with my family? Yeah. But a huge milestone was uh, Kingston, which uh, is our son now. He came on my birthday. And so wow. he was really young at the time and he instantly called me dad because that's what all of our kids uh called me yeah and so that was a huge milestone a huge like just blessing like okay this kid sees me that way mm -hmm. and even though there's going to be a lot of hardships after that even though you're going to have to adjust even though there's a lot of things you don't know um he sees the the the, the foster kids in the system see you as a parent as a father or a mother 
And those are huge blessings along the way that, that it's so easy to take for granted when life is not going well or they're not behaving like you expect or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are huge milestones and wins that I think just, you know, keep you going and, and get you through and thinking about the why. Why am I doing this? Yeah. To yeah. your point earlier. Would That's you been, would you yeah. say, because, okay, so we, we got Kingston on his birthday and I have a huge thing with birthdays in our foster care journey, which I'm sure we will get into at, at later later dates, but dates. Um, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, that being said, we got Kingston on your birthday. And then shortly thereafter, there was another question. We got another call if we would take one of his siblings. And so we had a little bit of a, a little bit of pushback. And I can, I remember I was, I was making a backpack rack because I'm super organized and I was putting knobs on the, on the backpack rack. And I put a fifth knob on the wow. rack and he looked at me. And he was like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you? He's like, it was for your backpack. Yeah. I said, I said, this is for my purse. I don't know what you're thinking, but wait a minute. Are you thinking? And he was like, just call her. And I was like, okay. So I called and I was like, we're a yes. And I don't even think he was halfway in the door before he was so in love with Kyla. Um, And to this day, she has him wrapped around her finger, but that was still, there was still a little hesitancy for like, okay, another one, but it was a much quicker process. And I think for me, seeing your joy in parenting um, all of them, it just further confirms that like this was this, all of the yeses were the right yeses, mm. but um, they did come with a little bit yeah. of care, careful calculation. Well, um, I would say with Kyla, when, when we got the call for Kyla, I was not a yes. I was wow. like, we have four mm. kids. Yeah. We signed up for one more. Five is a whole nother level. Like I, they, they give you like 30 minutes to decide this, by the way. It's like a life-changing decision in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But my immediate reaction was like, no way. But then, of course, you start thinking about it. And you're like, this is his sister. Like, if I want what's best for him, how can I say no to her? Right. Um, so yeah. I quickly wow. changed. But their life, literally, if you're going into this, I mean, life-changing decisions in 30 minutes, I mean, that's why it's so important to prepare, to have roots, to talk about your why. Because without that, you know, you get into these situations and they happen like that um, and you have to be totally. ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a blur. Sometimes yeah. you look is. back and you go, I don't even remember that conversation. Right. So you have to, I love that you mentioned roots. I think that that's so important um, to, to make sure that you remember your why. You remember why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Sure. Um, so yeah. that when you're having those conversations and everything's happening so fast, you just intuitively and reflexively speak from a place of your why. That's right. where like it kind of comes from and it stems from. Um, yeah. So I know we shared like what yeah. in our journey, what we found joy in. Maybe it's a little different for each of us, but um, yeah, what, what I brings you joy? Yeah, I think for for us, um, we were we we had prepared for a long time. So I think um, our picture of what it would be like ended up being different, and and that was okay. Right. I think the what I found joy in um, right away was just the fact that our families are connected was just a huge um it just gave me such a clear clear picture of our why right um the fact that we could um take our families and, and almost like put them together so so yeah. i think you we should probably explain, explain, explain this a little, a little bit so more. our, our yeah. families are like connected because our our kids are actually siblings so we mm -hmm. we got kingston on his birthday and then yeah. we, we, we brought Kyla into the fold and um, 
during yeah. during the time during the time that time they were still we were still fostering. Right. And while we were fostering these two, um, we had there was someone else that was fostering um, James and Nevaeh. Mm -hmm. um, and so right. and so they were being fostered at somewhere else, and I was close with that foster mom, and I I drove everyone to all the visits, and and we um, I got you know quickly attached to those kids as well. But yeah. then it it came to the to the point where the case switched to adoption, and when the case yeah. switched to adoption, there was a choice to be made um, because fostering is fostering and adopting is adopting, right. and sometimes fostering lends itself to adopting and other times Correct. it doesn't yeah. and and that's okay. Um, and so this this foster mom was a no on adopting and there were many reasons um, for that uh, decision being made. But for me it was, all right, what yeah. what's gonna come next? Um, right. And it was very clear to me and very clear to Justin that this situation, we said we have we have a thought. Um, yeah. And so we approached we approached you guys right. and and literally everything just worked out like there were obstacles and it was totally. a journey but yeah. it really has worked out beautifully and so i think yeah. that is and kind of where y'all came into the picture was actually right as we were asking a critical question we got licensed i don't know if you remember this but uh, yes. we got licensed for, for one. one child four and four zero to four i think was our was our age range and so i really started questioning did we did we mess something up because we hadn't gotten a call yet? We were we were like three months in, which does not really happen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like really praying, like, did we did we mess something up? And so when we got that call from you, um, we had actually decided, hey, we're we're going to reevaluate and and kind of rethink, is our capacity limited to one child? Right. And. And there were some physical obstacles yeah. in our way that made us think, oh, we just can't do it. But the really the calling outweighed the physical obstacles. And so yeah. when we became aware of y'all's kids having older siblings, we were like, wait a second. Yeah. This this is kind of a game changer for our family, but the bigger picture was you know, it's important to keep siblings together. And it and, and and when they're separated, it just their life looks totally different. Yeah. And so for us to be able to have an opportunity to keep a family together in proximity to their siblings, yeah. going to the same church, meeting up at the park multiple yeah. times a week, like we were we felt like such a responsibility to make yeah. that happen. And I remember when we met the kids, um, it was it was so cool because it was at, right after COVID had hit. Um, it was during it was over a Zoom call, and we were playing music for them. And I thought we were sending a video to them, but we end up on this Zoom call, and I'm like, oh, we're meeting them for the first time. Oh my goodness gracious, this is life changing. And our kids meeting. I mean, we probably talked for two hours, like yeah. just with these kids and getting to know them. And and I think that was. If you want to talk about joy, uh, it was like I, I honestly was like having to choke back tears because I was like, I just knew these kids were our kids from yeah. the moment I met them. Right. Seeing Marshall and Ember, my biological kids, interact with James and Nevaeh um, was was so it just was like God was knitting them into our family right then and there. Right. Um now, yes, challenges, of course. I mean, there were, you know, we had to get a new vehicle. Like, we, you know, we were actually blessed with a new vehicle. Um, we had to completely renovate our house. Um, and we just kept saying that these obstacles are an excuse and we are not excuse people. Like, right. um, we are going to make this happen because we know that this is what we're called to. Um, yeah. 
even from the child net foster care like point of view, there were still yes. like there was all this stuff. God bless my wife for doing so much paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know, you guys know. The paperwork you guys is know. endless. The paperwork it's endless. is endless. Yeah. It feels endless, but um but there were a few you talked about like milestone dates. Um our our kids were brought into our family as foster kids on Father's Day of 2020. The previous year in 2019, I was actually doing an interview with Kevin Enders at our church. So one year later, it was just like, man, the calling was so clear. The timing was just so ordained. Um, It it was really, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So on the note of obstacles, I think, um, so... (laughs) There aren't but, any, right? No, there's I'm none. But <laughs> so I'm going to talk about data obstacles, not system obstacles. So okay. All right. the system right. creates its own <laughs> obstacles. But um, so I said I was dragged my feet. So we had our, our three biological children. The the youngest is eight, and when she was born, maybe three months in, mm-hmm. this is when we made the decision. We were talking about it before, but we made the decision that we wanted to become foster parents. Yep. And so. Long story short, I sat down in the class for an hour, and I was mm. like, "Nope, I'm not ready." I don't even think he needed an hour, to be and, honest. Okay, I don't even, I don't ten think minutes. It was an hour. And wow. I talked about hair, and he said, "I'm out." And I walked out, got the money back, and she was like, "What just happened?" And from that point, it took three years for us before we actually got kids in our home. And I, I had a list of obstacles in my mind, yeah. and I still wanted to do it. It was still. She knew I wanted to do it. We had talked about it. Yeah. But the obstacles, uh, uh, just a tip, if your husband has obstacles in his mind, don't nag him about the obstacles. I what didn't Lauren, so No, I'm, oh. no, I was no, going to say, so what, what Lauren did was she knew that list. And like one of the things on the list was our house isn't ready. Our house, we need five bedrooms. Well, you know, sneakily, maybe a year later, we were looking for a new house. So we got a new house. I mean, so she knew those obstacles, I knew those obstacles, uh, and we talked about them, and we checked them off. Um, she was more attuned with my obstacles than I was at that point, and she was making sure that we kept talking yeah. about them and addressing them in a productive way. So I think that's a huge tip. It, it might not happen in six months, but keep the conversation going and keep yes. checking out those things. It's and so good. It's building yeah. your foundation, it's building your why, all those conversations, but yeah. it doesn't have to be a... You know, I think it builds a foundation, yeah, for those for those yeah. those conversations and that communication about okay, what what is it that's holding you back? Okay, yeah. well, mm-hmm. one good. of one of the things is well, with three kids, like, Eden, I thought you were gonna talk. God, God love her. She is she's a special child. She is loud, and she is we call her extra because she mm-hmm. is. We tell her it's her superpower. She's extra sweet <laughs> and extra loud and extra sensitive and extra everything. So she feels things yeah. deeper than I think most normal people do. Sure. And I think that's a blessing and we're trying to channel it and use it for the good. But that being said, when she was a baby, she mm-hmm. never stopped crying. She was yeah. mm-hmm. she was colicky, but like next level colicky. Okay. Um, and so we had to navigate and work through that. And I think yeah. that was something that we um, like, I mean, if, if we think this is bad, what are we, what are we inviting in? Like what is going to happen? And we had, you know, it was, so I, I did, I did wrestle with my own things. Uh, but I think ultimately where I landed in something that, that we had in our conversations was, okay, we have good days with three kids. Yeah. We have bad days with three kids. We'll have good days with four kids and we'll have totally. bad days with four yep. kids. And yeah. I know Andrea and I had this conversation. She's like, are you exhausted at the end of every day? Like towards, and I said, yes, yeah. I'm exhausted at the end of every day, but you know, the good days with 
five kids are more magnified than totally. with three. And the bad days are just right. worse. So yeah. everything is just magnified is what I've learned. But on the front end, not knowing that, that oh, it's just going to be magnified, it was, all right, I think we can do this. And I remember we had those conversations like, okay, yeah. we, I, you know, that was one of the concerns. And so, so yeah, I, I agree. I think making sure that you're having those conversations and that you're addressing like what ultimately at the yeah. end of the day, yeah. underneath great. this, you say it's a bedroom issue, but really what you're saying is, can we handle this many children? You say mm-hmm. it's a vehicle issue, but really it's how are yeah. we going to balance all the activities? And so yeah. it's just kind of coming down and understanding underneath it all, what, what are, what are the fears? that are driving us to like put up those walls and say, yeah. I, I don't think this is for me. Um, and something I've heard a lot of times, and I don't know if you can speak to it from a dad perspective, is how can I parent by mm-hmm. my biological children and these kids that come from rough, rough places? You know, they're yeah. not coming for a vacation. They're not coming to get away for like a spring mm-hmm. break trip or anything. They're coming because out of necessity and they need that safe, mm-hmm. that yeah. safety, that Absolutely. love, that nurturing. Yeah. And a lot of times it's a different approach. So as a dad, how do you distinguish uh-huh. and discern what your your kids need, both biological and yeah. adoptive or foster? Well, how do you parent kids anyway? It's a hard thing. So. Yeah, it's hard. Mac no and cheese. What. Yeah. yeah, always mac and cheese. <laughs> so much mac and cheese. Can I have mac and cheese, please? <laughs> that's my that's my voice for my biological daughter. Um, I so I think. I think it's it's one of those things that, like you said, parenting is hard no matter what. Yeah. Um, I actually have, I've said this to Andrea, I think that going through programs like Epic that, that teach you that it's, it's all about being dysregulated and then regulating them, helping them yeah. regulate, not, not forcefully regulating them, regulate. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. It would be really um, <laughs> nice if we just flip the switch, like, and we're going to regulate yeah, now. Right. It doesn't, um, it doesn't work that way. But going through that I don't mean to side swipe the conversation, but like going back to uh, this would be a joy, but also it kind of puts some fear in you is like learning all of the things that we learned in our foster care classes um, about helping a child regulate um, was really a joy for me because it was stuff that helped me right then and there before we even had our foster or adopted kids. It helped me understand the mind and the heart of a child. And really you want to get to the heart of a child and these these kids that we're bringing into our home as as foster kids like their their heart is hurting and they need somebody to listen to their heart yeah and so i i think that a, a fear of mine would have been like at the time i just like i'm struggling to parent my own children so why yeah. does that qualify me to bring in more children but i think the fact is like there nobody expects perfection from you they yeah. they just expect availability, right? Like so we good. like they just yeah. need you to be available. Yeah. And your 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 uh, your willingness to listen to their heart. It's a lot of listening. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Like you guys know, it's so yeah. much listening because you have to go in almost assuming like I don't know the full picture here, right? Right. Like you don't. You, you just you don't know. Will. There's there's will. there's a great book um, that that I'm starting to read called The Body Keeps Score. Oh, love that book. Okay, so love that book. So like we just assume that the younger they are, the better off they're gonna be because they won't remember stuff. And it's no. just not true. And no. I won't go into all the science and, and the emotional um damage that can go into a child. We will talk about that yeah. on another episode though. That's great. And I think <laughs> I think that's so critical. But just assuming that you don't have the full picture and listening and asking good questions and always reminding them like, I am not going anywhere. Like I think right. that's been huge and that has helped 
um, shape my relationship with uh, both my biological and adopted kids. Like all yeah. of our kids know, like mom and dad are not going anywhere. Like we are here for you. We're going to listen. We're going to help you regulate when you're dysregulated. Um, and there's, I mean, there's so much science that I'm just learning behind it, but it's just attached yeah. to like their heart. Um, and so I think that's a fear is just like, am I really going to be able to help them? And yeah. a, I think a lot of it is, it's not that simple, obviously you're, cause you're going to, they're going to freak out and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I might have to walk away for a minute because like I'm now I'm dysregulated. Like yeah. it, it's, yeah. a, it is, it is emotional. There is, um, there is a struggle there, but like you just being there and yeah. not reacting, um, in, in anger or whatever they came from. You yeah. know, it's just being that somebody who's like, I'm available, I'm going to do my absolute best, um, I think is huge. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I would just emphasize two points I think that you were getting at is they, you know, their parents cared about them. Their parents still care about them. Sure. You know, right. So yeah. it's not about, you know, the emotion of caring. It's about being present with yeah. them and being intentional with them. I think right. those are the two biggest things. If you can be present so and good. intentional, that's really all they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't have that before. That's probably why they're in the situation. And yeah. as a dad, especially, I mean, a lot of them come from fatherless homes, not all of them, but a good, good portion of them. Yeah. So we have a even bigger responsibility as fathers to be present and intentional. Yeah. And even if they're just going to be foster kids and they're eventually yeah. going to go back, statistics show most likely they're going back without a dad. Wow. So this is their one experience in life with a dad. Yeah. So it's it's a huge role to fill. So just being there and making sure you're there for them is huge. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So so availability, showing up, consistency. Yeah. Loving and listening. I love that you touched on listening. A lot of times it's not listening to words. It's listening to behaviors, <laughs> questioning like, okay, but actually, what is yeah. happening right now? Because I see yeah. I see what you're doing. Uh huh. Not sure I understand it. I'm going to recognize I don't understand it. Yeah. And then I'm going to question where that sure. came from. Um, so I love that. Is yeah. there is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? Um, a, a note of encouragement, a, something, speak mm. some positivity into this because it, it's important, it's valuable. Uh, and and mm. I admire you guys for stepping up, of course. I love you guys anyway. Um, uh, stepping up and stepping into this because I've seen, in, in our kids, I've seen the blessing that you guys have been to them. Mm. Um, I can't imagine a better fit for for either of them in this situation, but um, what would you say to a dad on the fence? Like wondering, should I, should I not? Am I qualified? Am I not? Um, what, what would you say to them if they came to you and they said, hey, dude, I'm thinking about doing this. What? Hmm. Wow. That's a great question. Um, I would say, because it's from my own experience, don't assume that your capacity is, is limited by physical obstacles. It's you're never get you're never actually ready to get married. My 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 dad said this to me growing up. He's like you're never gonna be ready to actually like fully ready. Um, you can prepare and you can do all your homework, but getting married, buying a house, like the the big obstacles in life or the yeah. big even just the big milestones in life, like you you've just got to head on just tackle it to the best of your ability. Um, but the thing that I think Andrew and I've stood on is like, there's, there's always more in us than we think. Um, right. there's always more time than we think to listen. Um, we just have to be good stewards of the kids that have been put in our home. And, and I think when we, when we let fear take control and, and drive the whole thing, that's not, that's not how, how we were meant to live. Right. Um, 
And, and I think that when we actually go back to our why and remember, um, and that's a conversation, again, you have to have with your spouse, like you guys have yeah. both got to be on board, but it, but dad watching this or, or mom, um, watching this and wanting dad to be on board, yes. I would just encourage you keep talking. And, yeah. and when you do get to that point, it's not like the fear is going to necessarily go no. away. Like we right. have children and we're, we're still kind of like, Oh man, like this is, yeah. it's intense. It's not, it's not intense, but like anything worth doing is going to take a lot of work. Um, yeah. you know, marriage is work. Uh, parenting is work. Bringing, bringing kids in that have a totally different background where you don't have the whole picture. It's work, yeah. but it's so worth it because you're going to see just this, this wide open journey in front of you. That's going to probably look intimidating yeah. for sure, but it's totally worth it. I don't know how else to describe it other than that. It's so worth it because they, they're, they're kids from hard places and kids are important. My, I hear my daughter's voice right now, like kids are important. Kids need to be safe. Like mm-hmm. they, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they, they need safety. They need, uh, they just need that consistency in life because you're gonna see that later in life. You know, we're when we raise kids, we want them to not just be great kids, but be great adults. adults yes. Um, and they they were almost given a disadvantage at the start. So it's our job, you know, right now as stewards of them to step in and go, hey, like we're here for you. Yeah. Every step of the way. Right. Yeah, I would say if, as long as, and you mentioned it, if your why is aligned, if you have the right why, because that would be my first question, like why, yeah. what's your, yeah. um, then I would just tell a story. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at Ella, our oldest, who's 12 now, and Kyla, who just turned five yesterday, um, they have a unique bond. Mm-hmm. And yes. like it, like Ella and Eden, which biologically she was the youngest and she was the youngest before, um, they, they have a, a great bond, but when Kyla came in, um, Kingston came in, then Kyla came in and there was all five, it was like, this is what our family, it took a while to adjust, but this is what our family is. And, wow. you know, yeah. we didn't know I, what we were I missing. We didn't, yeah. we didn't know. And so, when, and then when you see other things, when you see your kids want to put the other ones to bed, want to read to them, mm-hmm. want to invest into them, you realize, yeah. okay, wow. you know, this, you know, so this good. is my family. This is my life. This yeah. is why we're doing this. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you see, it's, it's a really beautiful picture when, yeah. when you get through all the mess of the system, when you look at all the things that happen on a daily life, but yeah. your family is better for it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as your why is aligned. I think that's the big, big kind 100%. of foundational thing. Well, thanks so much for sharing your your wisdom, your experience, your journeys with with us. Um, Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been a great conversation. Uh, All right, you heard it from the dads, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. And if you'd like more information on how you can get plugged in with our mission and our vision, as well as get support services, you can check us out on the web at fosterchange.com.